Hi, and welcome back to Voices. This is episode four. This is uh, music and politics this week. And our guest is Michael Graves. Uh, can you give us a real brief introduction, Michael? Hey, uh, well, hello. Thanks for having me on your show, Terry. Um, uh, my name is Michael Graves. My claim to fame is I was the lead singer of The Misfits from 1995 to about 2000. Um, for the past 16 years as well after that i've 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 been a music man for for the most part and um that's what i do <laughs> uh when we in a nutshell <laughs> well, that's, that's good uh we've got uh I, I i let me just start off with uh it, it looks to me like about the year 2001 uh you were doing lead singer for the misfits and within a couple of months of that, you were in boot camp. Can you kind of give us an idea of how that happened? And what <laughs> that sounds like a hard gear shift right there. Yeah. Well, from again, like I said, from 1995 till till just about a little bit before then, um, I, I was with the Misfits, and Misfits were and are um, a, a wildly popular band, a cornerstone of, of punk rock music. Um, I left that band. Uh, in in 2000, I made the decision to leave because uh, a lot of internal uh, things that were happening. But uh, personally, I, I had found myself in a in a in a very dark place. It was, uh, uh, you know, that I, I, I wasn't able really to be able to you know communicate to my fans. I, I was really si- silenced in 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 ways to. Um, communicate my world view through, through the music that I was writing for that band. Um, so I so I left. I, I ventured out and, and started my, my own band. First it was called Graves and it was uh it was pretty successful. Um that fell apart and uh I started another band called Gotham Road and right about that, that time, you know, especially coming after the Misfits where um, you know, the money that I was making you know, for a twenty-something-year-old, was yeah, you know, really, really good money. Um, uh, but after I left, obviously, I just you know that sort of thing kind of it dried up, and um, uh, I was really looking, you know, to someday have a family. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I, I wanted to be able to obviously support myself, support my family. Um, and so I looked towards um, something that I had always been interested in um, and, and, and a plan that would uh, get me back on, on firm footing. And that, and that was, as you indicated, that was the military. I made the decision to, uh, to join the Marine Corps in about 2001. Um, I, when I, I had a, a friend of mine who was a, a recruiter at a Tom's River. I went to high school with him. My brother and I went to high school with him and, and his brother, both were Marines. Um, and he was a recruiter. So, you know, and, and as far as the military goes, I mean, I was almost 30 years old. I was 28, I think, 20. He just turned 28 when I first uh, uh, made the move to to, to join. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Right. 
did you did you get a few jokes from the youngins about being pappy in the outfit or? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yes, in, in, indeed. <laughs> you know, but but the one thing that you know I had going for me, I, I, I was running circles around most of those most of the the younger guys. Um, but I got really involved with, with with the recruiting side of things um, and really helping and mentoring the mentoring kids that were in the pool program and, and running with them and uh, motivating them and you know just um, being there for them uh, as as they began their their journey. Um, so you know a lot of the there were several motivating factors, and including when the towers came down. Um, you know I. I not only wanted to serve my country and you know and fight the war that that was beginning uh but also i i wanted to uh get a college education and, and support my family support myself best i could music wasn't doing it anymore uh the, i'm i'm a little i'm not a specialist in music <laughs> how's that for the understatement of the world <laughs> Uh, but it seems like there, there was, seemed to be an element of protest to the to the punk scene, uh, and then basically it looks like uh, the Misfits is credited as being an inspiration to a lot of the newer music now. Supposedly created a couple of is a genre uh, mm-hmm. horror horror punk. Yep. Um, yep. Can, can you give me a, a was there a protest side of that? Um, it's made out to be all about really a lot of violence and drugs and rock and roll is the way we used to end that out. But was it as bad as what it looked like, or was that to discredit that kind of philosophical movement? Or the, what was happening back there? <laughs> the, the, the misfits were uh, are, are uh, and were a sort of strange kind of um, genre in in the whole punk rock thing. Um, one of the reasons, as I said, I left was because my lyrics and my worldview always came from that, that the root of punk rock, which is a protest form of, of music. Um, but when I was in the band, I was a young man, and, and the people that were over me, the, the founding bass player and, and all of his yes men, um, I wasn't allowed to talk about the things that I wanted to talk about, these things that I wanted to, to um, again, communicate my worldview through, which were, were my songs. I wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. And so um, the, the music came across as, uh, you know, very neutered, and, and it just didn't make any sense to me that we weren't saying anything as a band. Um, even though I was writing most of the music, I did write most of the music, and I had and I had plenty um, to say. One of the one of the reasons, I mean, you know, in the advent of punk rock in the seventies, with the Ramones, and the Ramones went over to Europe and inspired, you know, the Sex Pistols and the Clash and Adam Ant and all of these other bands. Um, it was. It, it, it was. It was protest music, especially music like you know, Sex Pistols, that were um, they were ranting and raving and, and standing up against the bourgeois culture, disco music, and the 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 music that radio was putting out, and the companies that were getting behind the style and putting all the clothes out. 
um, uh, and you know, and as well, the economic situation was similar to what's happening now. Unemployment was rampant. Um, you know, it was hard for people to find jobs. They were fed up with the war, the Vietnam War. Over in, um, you know, in England, it was the same thing with, you know, the overreaching um, arch of the government and the Marshall Plan and, um, again, economic woes and unemployment. Um, and so um, that all of that got watered down over the years once punk rock music became became corporate music, once the record companies started to come in and water down that message. The misfits I always believed and I still believe are, are a part of that message and a part of that protest music. It's just the people that are in it now, you know, Jerry only and, and whoever else he has in that band, they, they have no idea how to articulate any sort of uh, any sort of message there, whether they're afraid, you know, afraid to, or they're just incapable of doing so. I'm not sure. Do you think uh, there's a side of it that just when the music was younger, uh, maybe it was less of a commercial venture at first, uh, and as the money got better, made it more, uh, I guess, profitable. I hate to use that word, but more profitable to try to control the message that's coming out. Were there? What kind of pressures were there to to hundred percent? I, I can't even imagine. Can you kind of give us, uh, we're basically in 10 minutes of the first 20-minute segment here. Sure. Uh, can you give us an idea for as an insider, uh, and if somebody was getting into the music industry now, uh, what, what can you tell the people who are trying to just start? And we're going to come back to that in the last segment, too. Uh, but, but what were your thoughts about that? Uh, punk rock music, punk rock music, in its core, in its essence, is supposed to support and and allow, just like liberty, just like a, a individualism, uh, and thinking for yourself. And that's why there was the the rebellion against all of those things in the seventies. You know, back when punk rock was punk rock, that's why all the kids made their own clothes, and and they they all had different sort of hairstyles, and there was a uniqueness from it. Um, the message, uh, it, it, you know, punk rock sort of kind of went away and, and, and morphed into glam rock in the 80s. But in the resurgence of it, um, when I came back into it, you know, I, I was this, you know, the second, some people argue, the third wave of punk rock. By then, the corporations had a firm grasp on it. And there's a, there's a great example. Um, you know, at the end of the, the 80s, beginning of the 90s, there was a, there was a, a movie called Sid and Nancy. And, and it's a great example because it's the Sex Pistols and, and uh, uh, Malcolm McLaren and Sid Vicious in particular uh, is, is an important figure in, in the popular culture of, of punk rock. But, right. but the messages that you get from a, a very, very popular movie like Sid Nancy was what was being glamorized and celebrated and really put forward was Sid Vicious. Being, he was a mediocre bass player. Uh, he, was a, he was a drug addict. Um, and, and it's just, you know, scenes of violence and him falling through windows and, and, and how everything was so screwed up and, and terrible. And so that message in the echo chamber of, of punk rock. That's how the young kids believe that, 
that's what punk rock is. It's just not caring and just being stupid and mediocre, and I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, and if it feels good, man, I'm going to do it. And that is not what punk rock actually is. You can jump forward, same thing with, I always use the example of Kurt Cobain. When you look at what Kurt Cobain was actually trying to get across and interviews, the things that he was saying, his worldview was very, very different than what was being put out. The meme of, of I, I hate myself and I want to die. That's what echoed across, again, the, the neo-punk grunge attitude, and it just wasn't true. That, and, and, cool. and, and in that message, and in that message, when you get all that apathy and, and, and loneliness and depression and, and, I, and, and hatred, you have a, a mass of people that are more easily marketed to and more easily controlled. Hmm. That was a, I guess that was a question I was really wanting to get to, was the, the standard people tend to associate the punk rock music with just just what you just said. Uh, so there was, do you think it was a conscious effort to try to discredit the punk rock movement uh, or, or just I, corporate I, I don't, ineptitude? I don't, I don't subscribe necessarily to the theory that it was um, conspiratorial in nature. Right. Um, it was certainly watered down and... and um, uh, you know, simplified in order to market products and bands and sounds um, to people. You know, when 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 you have, uh, I mean, obviously when you have a, a, a large contingency of of artists who are trying to say something and actually trying to um, push independence. I mean, punk rock is supposed to be independent music, independent thought individualism, it's hard to kind of push that message when you have a multinational corporation, you know, a record <laughs> company behind you. It just doesn't make any sense when you're, you know, it doesn't make any sense anymore. So there's there's that bit of um, deception that goes on with it. Um, so I, I think it, it, it was uh, it was done, you know, on purpose and uh, and then again, you know, not necessarily. Uh, on purpose to ruin the music, but to make money. Well, I, I, it, that would be, once again, since the the original message seemed to be, hey, take a look at what's going on with the system, and then the system takes it over. You could see how there would be, at least on an unconscious level, there would be a change. Um, yeah. So we take it back to the individual artists like you. who are still trying to, to get message out the politics and the music and, and again that goes way back in fact what, yep. what what were some of the things that were the influence on you uh, in, in those early days the, the politics that you were trying to do I, I, uh, you were into the uh, just before you joined the Corps uh, West Memphis 3 uh, can you kind of give us about uh, in five minutes uh, that was a political cause you were trying to get across. Yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 the the West Memphis three came after um, all of that, but beforehand, what what was leading up to that is the same things now. You know, uh, uh, America, America as 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 it was conceived uh, in the 1700s by our forefathers. 
uh, God, uh, having a, a strong moral compass, uh, family, uh, and, and just common sense and, 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 and doing things. Again, you know, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. Christ is my Savior, so all things, you know, through, through for the glory of God. Um, but, but just doing good and having, having a reason and having a message behind things and putting your money where your mouth is and standing, uh, you know, standing up for, for things that are, uh, that are good and, and, and righteous. I got into the West Memphis Three um, again, yeah, for for, for political reasons, um, to to bring and shed light on the on the on the the justice system and the corruption that's in the justice system, and um, and to shed light on on what's wrong uh, with the criminal justice system in America, and specifically uh, the death penalty in America. Uh, we'll have links up uh, with some background. On uh, on on that particular issue, uh, in a in a nutshell, though, it, it basically they were uh, the trial was involved with trying to once again. It seemed like there was a, an effort to discredit. Uh, they were trying to blame the music for the murder, and, and it, That's this right. is my impression. Uh, basically, a lot of the uh, artists were trying to. Uh, trying to get your point back across it. This isn't even the message we're trying to put across. Uh, can you can you kind of touch on that? With the with the West Memphis Three. Yeah, yeah. It looked like well, they were trying to bring the satanic. There was a there right, was a, right, right. It the, it took place in West Memphis, Arkansas. Um, Damian Eccles, who was who was the the main sort of conspirator, if you will, in in, in the story. Um, there's a movie, there's a, a trilogy, a documentary series made um, about this, and one of the main reasons that uh, uh, it, 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 those guys became free because there was obviously so much attention put to it. But Damien, he wore all black, he had long black hair, he, he, he listened to Metallica, he listened to Slayer. And in West, and in West Memphis, Arkansas, obviously the Bible Belt, so um, when... These three children uh, wound up murdered. Um, and there was all sorts of, you know, the town went crazy. There was a lot of pressure put on the police department. Um, and everybody pointed the finger at Damien Eccles and said, well, it must have been uh, a, 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 a satanic in nature. And this was during the time of the whole satanic panic wave was washing across America and they were taking you know, Dee Snyder and all these people to court, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, you know, to, to court because, to hold them responsible for, for suicide because of children reading, you know, lyrics and being, you know, influenced by the songs. It's very reflective of, that's like taking, you know, Remington uh, to court because somebody used a Remington shotgun to kill someone. Um so it was it was it was this whole big thing that 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 happened, and eventually, you know, cut to just a couple of years back when uh, um, more and more DNA evidence had come out, and the state of Arkansas and the attorney general came out and said um, that we were going to offer these guys um, what's called an Alford plea, um, which which frees them, which gets them out of prison. They can still maintain their innocence. Um, however, in the eyes of the state of Arkansas, they're still guilty of this crime, 
But they did that because, and like I said, the, the, the Attorney General in Arkansas said, I don't think that we're going to win this case. The Supreme Court is going to give these three men another trial, and the state of Arkansas does not have a good case against them anymore, and, and they were going to, uh, and they would most likely go free. Um, and so the state of Arkansas decided to, uh, after signing a deal with them, let them go so that they couldn't sue the state of Arkansas um, or to have any sort of recourse to, to have another trial at any point. We're 20 minutes into the show. Uh, wouldn't this also, just a follow-up on that, wasn't that about the same time that there was uh, congressional hearings on lyrics and music Rap music, too? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it yep. kind of looks like there was an across-the-board push here. Uh, it was. Whether it's it was an a, actual conspiracy or not, it seems like there was, was something going on during that time period. It was the perfect, cli- it was the perfect climate to, to push that sort of thing because, yeah, the mass media and local media uh, was awash in the whole satanic panic thing, and that was... Uh, you know, the whole uh, push for for the government to, to, to put the explicit lyric stickers on this on the on the cassette tapes and really come in and, and try to get involved with what artists were saying, both in, in rock, heavy metal and and hip hop. I'd never really associated that, that that was going on in more than one section of the music industry at the same time before we were taking a look at this. Um, that I, that kind of leads us into the next section I wanted to get. Uh, there will be a link up to uh, a music video that you did. I guess this is your – is this off Vagabond? Uh, straight Jacket? Is that part uh, of Vagabond? I think Straight Jacket was actually off a record I put out called, um, called Supernatural. That was an oh, acoustic okay. record. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, did that's a really superb music video, uh, and I wanted to go ahead, if we could, and get you to, uh, first off, it seems like you have an affinity for mixing the music and the video. Um, so is that something, if, if you could, in, in 20 minutes, <laughs> give us our crash course on how do you, how do you write a killer uh, music video? And I guess basically what we're back talking about is there's a lot of people with cameras now. It's, you, uh, you have a lot more chance to try to get your message out. Um, from start to finish, did you write the song uh, thinking in terms of what the video would look like, the visuals that would go with it? Can you kind of walk us through it? Well, um, that's, that song was, was, was written um, without any sort of conception of, of uh, you know, any sort of visuals. Um, but what what happens with a lot of the videos that that are out there um you know like for example in straight jacket that the the visual side of it was 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 a concept that my my partner um who's the CEO of hydraulic entertainment I'm the president of hydraulic entertainment um Mark Allen Stewart my business partner um conceived that and and uh, and one of the things that, that makes it amazing to work with Mark is that he is the biggest nerd 
geek encyclopedia <laughs> when it comes to science fiction and horror movies. At, at one point, uh, you know, Famous Monsters of Filmland ranked him, you know, one of the top three in the, you know, in the nation um, uh, that, ha- you know, has just uh, uh, unbelievable um, knowledge about uh, sci-fi and horror movies and, and incredible. So he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, and, but, you know, we, we marry um, these concepts, the sci-fi and horror movies, um, you know, whether it's like in Straight Jacket, uh, uh, you know, Cabinet, Dr. Caligari, or, or Things to Come, or um, Bedlam, um, all of these old, uh, hard, you know, sci-fi movies that, um, that, I, that I watch, that Mark's already watched a hundred times, um, and, and I extract the allegories um, that, the, that the authors, that the directors are trying to uh, bring across in their films, and what I do is, is then, um, you know, digest that in, inside me and try to then, almost, you know, 360-degree sort of uh, concept try to make it relevant to something that's, uh, you know, happening in my life or that's happening in the world and to push my world view through it so that we have, um, again, the marriage of, of the film and, and the music and the concept, which is, I don't know if anybody else does anything like that. And then we take it a step further by by actually using um, some of these old movies to create videos um, like we did with, with Straight Jacket. You, to me, it was a success. Uh, it, it was a really superb music video. Um, I guess uh, it seems like there's a story being told in music video as opposed to just pictures to sell the music. Um, you, there was a one theme that's going through it is, like you said, the, the old horror flicks. Uh, he had a lot of that intercut in there, the, that footage. Uh, the, there was footage of you, and it, that was really interesting. It seemed like you were portraying a character. Um, when you'd been with the Misfits, you went through a phase where you were doing uh, that crow, the character was a crow, and uh, basically, uh, what's inv- are you creating a character? Is that part of what the the that genre of music and the fear element are the uh, are people trying to work through fear? Uh, that's that's something I've been. Can you help me out here? I'm drowning. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. I, I'm, I'm an old theater kid, you know, so I'm, right. I'm very, I'm naturally dramatic, um, and especially through, and um, the music that would be considered horror rock that I, that I write. There's that ca- that character, the, the, you know, the scarecrow. Whether it's, you know, I have the skull on my face or some sort of makeup, you know, I. It's like he's that that character is from the dark part of the forest, and um, the the music and the messages that are coming through that character, although are you know very hopeful in in nature, um, are very foreboding. It's very dark, 
uh, almost a warning um, of, of and and you know communicating and showing all of the the things that that have gone wrong. Um, uh, but and, but it, like you said, and, and yes, and people working through their fear, whether it's on, on any level, um, is, is is an integral part of the ingredients in my music because I myself, and I'm a man, I I, I bleed red, and and um, you know, and and I have fear just like anybody else. Um, you know, courage is is is. You know, going forward, regardless of, of that fear, and and as I said before, one of the things that I'm out here doing, and I believe is part of my path and my purpose, um, is to interact with with other folks and have these conversations like you and I are having, and saying I I'm out here too. I'm living in this world, and I'm doing the best that I can, and I have great fear, and I have great hopes. Um, and, and, and dreams and, you know, I've been given these, these gifts to be able to be a vehicle, you know, to use music as a, as a vehicle and, and, and visuals like we were talking about with Straight Jacket to start a conversation and to reach out and to touch people. Um, and at the end of the day, after we bring them through the stories and the warnings and everything else, you could say, you know, um. I understand, and 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 you know, let's we can be okay. And even if we're not, I'm I'm here with you. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 you know, I I I go out of my way to to really spend as much time with with my fans when I'm out on the road, um, and and talking to them and shaking their hands and hugging them and and listening to their stories. Um, and making them feel as important as, as they make me feel. And that's rare in this business, and that's rare in this world. And just to, to see people's reactions to that attention, um, to that level of attention, um, is just, it's amazing. It's uplifting, um, it, and to me, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. And it illuminates, again, my path and purpose uh, and gives me strength when I'm away from my children, who I love very dearly, um, and are the main purpose for for my life at this point. You got that? Is it? Do you have you two daughters? Is that what I, I got do. out of the bio? I um, do. Uh, I have a, a, a six-year-old and a, and a four-year-old. I have two girls, Olivia and Perry. So your kind of uh, your actual politics, I guess, kind of comes out of the libertarian. I'm classical liberal uh certainly yeah yeah and back in the day you know again when the towers came down i was a neocon and i was all about war and i was all about let's go get them son of a bitches i carried the water for the republican party um you know donated money and time and and i was one of the, the the first people to speak at the young republicans club in new york city and address that body after after the towers came down um and then, you know, quickly woke up again um, as I was going through that, that process, as did millions of other people, which is, uh, which is what you see now, you know? It's, the Republican Party can't figure out what's going on, but... <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I think that's more than just either one of the two parties. 
I, I think the whole country is just, it's almost like you want to stop and shake the whole country and say, sober up, guys, hold it a minute. And again, yes. it's the fear element. Uh, be afraid of the guys overseas. Be afraid of terrorists. Be afraid of, be right. afraid of, That's be right. afraid of. That's um, right. That's right. So that everybody walks around in that flight or, you know, fight or flight uh, mode. Um, and, and you know, that, that makes people behave differently. It makes people make very different choices. Avenged Sevenfold was one of the first of the newer groups. Uh, and, and, again, from what I'm reading, they are influenced by the music that you were doing with the Misfits. Yeah. Uh, they're just they're superb musicians, or at least that's my impression of it. Again, I'm, I, my, I'm not a specialist on music. It's just Sevenfold just really struck me because of the almost sounds like classical music at times in some of the older records. Don't know whether... Yeah. I'm current on that anymore. But again, it seems like the, there's a, I think the word is catharsis, that when you listen to metal, uh, headbanger, fill in the blank for any of that, it, it seems like it's cathartic. It, it allows you to, um, allows you to release, allows a release, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is, uh, that, is, is that part of what, Working through the fear, and, and again, it, it, it was a very horror movie look to Straight Jacket, and, and basically you're, you're talking about, as soon as I get out of my Straight Jacket, um, sounds to me like it's a political message in there, and without yeah. getting into the symbolism, and <laughs> but does this symbolize, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me it's about dealing with fear. Is there, can you kind of... Um, is that a part of what's going on with the music that makes it so popular? Yes, yes, both with that with that song Straight Jack, you hit the nail on the head. That's that's exactly it. That's the allegory. Just wait until I break out of my straight jacket. Wait till I break free from these bonds of the things that you think that I believe that you know that are bad for me as as I indicate in you know in the, in the beginning of the song and then you know, wait till I break out of my straight jacket and I, I become free. Um, but yes, you know, music in general, and that's what makes music so powerful, not like any other thing on the planet, is that music, you know, it affects our soul and it, it animates our, our physical body. Um, it, it's, it's, it's magical. Um, and, and, and certainly... Um, through the music, um, yeah, it, it it allows us to uh, to, to reach a different, although brief at, at times, uh, uh, another level of, of existence, another dimension, if you will, um, of experience. Um, at least for me, I, I mean, I I often, you know, when I'm on stage, you know, I, I if if you watch close, I mean, I close my eyes for eighty percent of the show because when I'm playing, it is such a lucid, intense visual experience for me that I see things and I remember things and I can smell things and it's just it's it's incredible. Um, and and when that energy 
um, flies off me or, or anybody else that is able to achieve that level of experience, it's, um, it's contagious, and other people can sense it and feel it um, and experience it a, a, as well. And that's why music is so important. And a band like, you know, like you said, like Avenged Sevenfold, like those guys certainly um, influenced by music that I made, and, and, and they're awake. There's lots of bands like that. And I challenge those 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 guys, those bands, to raise their level of, of, of rhetoric and, and speak out about the things that um, that we all need to be, be talking about. You know, guys on that level are very, you know, they, they, they watch what they say because they know that the repercussions could be career-ending if they say <laughs> the wrong thing. And these guys are older. They have families. They have young children. They've worked really hard to get where they're at. Um, and and I I understand I get it they don't they don't want to uh, you know they don't want to do anything to, to necessarily rock the boat too bad or or the you know the pressure that comes down on them is is rough me I'm a different sort of cat you know I I, I shout it from the rooftops especially now because I believe that that the, the the time is now that we are in such a perilous place in history. We're in such a perilous place for, in our nation's history, in our culture, in our society, that, that we have no time for that, that, you know, we all have to come together now and, and shout as one and, and work together and, and, and continue with this, this awakening so that my children and their children can in, experience a new renaissance and enlightenment. Because if not, man, I'm one of those people it's, it's gonna, that believe it's going to be a thousand years of darkness if we don't if we don't get this right. Well, I, the the communications is a lot better than it was. If if the if there is a, any good news to the whole thing, again, and the the video that you made, uh, you mentioned it again that you said you close your eyes while you're on stage, and hopefully I can find a piece of footage that that goes with that, or a link. Um, but it, it was really uh, interesting to hear you talking about the visual side of the music. Is that fairly common, do you think, among uh, professional class musicians? Or I, um, I wouldn't have associated a visual with music ordinarily, although I do see, I, it, it seems like you can, you're hitting everything at once with really good music. It's going right straight to the emotion. I, I think that, or well, at least I, I, I know. I mean, I've, I've heard um, when you get into more soulful gospel music, um, certainly, um, and those are, uh, 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 is a very visual experience. I'm, I'm really not sure when it, when it comes to other rock musicians or metal musicians with their, with their experiences. Um, um. I'd be I'd be curious to know know the answer, um, but yeah, for me it's it's uh, it's like an acid trip. <laughs> um, that's interesting, really interesting. And again, since we're talking about on that one song that we're using, just to kind of give us an idea of what's involved in creating a song, the, the visual metaphor with straight jacket that's in the lyric uh, title. Uh, once your straight jacket is off, where do you? I, I assume that was kind of where you were going with that song. That's 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 breaking the bonds of the illusion 
of 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 life of all of these things that we think that we uh we think that we need it's the things that we want instead of the things that we need um you know just opening our eyes to to the reality of the world that um you know whether it's in regards to 911 or whether it's in in relation to um what you believe in god you know, uh, or, or about God. It's just breaking the, the, the bonds of, of, you know, worldly chains uh, and, and living for, uh, you know, living for, for, for things that matter. Um, love and friends and, and, and family and, um, you know, not living beyond your, 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 your means, living simplistically, at least, you know, to me. Um, but, yeah, so that straitjacket represents all the things that hold us down, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, uh, whether it's loneliness, um, and, and creating a, 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 um, a, 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 different, uh, a different world through that, through that, through that freedom of, of raising your level of humanity. We've got uh, about 18 minutes left in the show, and that takes us to our third segment. I wanted to try to get some input from you on. There will be links to two songs uh, that I consider protest music. Uh, The first one is from The Fifth Dimension. Uh, They sang the Declaration uh, Declaration of Independence to Richard Nixon. There will be a link up with it. Um, I said the observation at the time and it's anecdotal I haven't seen a real historian back this one up yet uh, but, but President Nixon was not amused uh, with having the declaration sung to him uh, the, second, the second one uh, is more coming out of the Occupy movement I've, I've seen people say well they, we never had a theme song for the Occupy movement there was a. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were required to have a singing assignment to show with it. But <laughs> uh, anyway, if we had had a theme song, I would have thought uh, "Ghost of Tom Joad" or "Rage Against the Machine" would be way up there. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you had a chance to kind of go through those two songs again, and that that that's protest music from before. And I guess what we want to look at in the last 15 minutes we've got here is where, where does the music go from here? How do we get the message out? How do we take it back to its roots, which is individualism? Any thoughts? Well, I, I think that we have to continue to do, um, again, like what, what we're doing here on, on your show. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity over the past couple of months to speak to some really wonderful people, um, you know, in alternative media that are part of the liberty movement, that are part of, um, you know, uh, what would not be considered mainstream um, outlets um, where I can speak freely about my life, my career, my worldview, um, and I, I think that that's going to help um, start a conversation and perhaps motivate other artists 
to to do the same, to do the same, um, and, you know, and, and when prompted to and when asked about things, to, to for them to be able to to answer freely without fear of, of repercussion. But I think that that's happening. I, I really do believe that that's happening. Um, because like we were talking about with, you know, for example, Avenged Sevenfold, there's a lot of uh, popular musicians, be it hip-hop music or metal or, or rock, in that that are my age, that have children, um, that that do understand what's happening in the world and, and do want to, you know, help change it, you know, for their children. Um, and, and so as, uh, as we move forward through this, um, I think that if we, just, we just keep having these conversations. We keep challenging each other um, on the issues, uh, and, 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 and we speak to each other calmly, and we, have, we battle out ideas. And, and we take aim at each other's ideas and, and challenge that part of, of the things that are saying instead of like it was years ago, um, you know, when I got involved uh, and, and, and in, in, the, in the conversation, it became first it was, all right, well, let's talk about the issues, and then it quickly became let's just, you know, let's just crush this guy and get him out of the business <laughs> and, and do so in, in – you know, in, in no uncertain fashion, which is exactly what happened. Um, I, I was I was literally run out of business. <laughs> you know, which which is which is not a good thing to do. Um, no, no. You know, I I I'm, I'm struck out of the two songs that the Declaration of Independence. You basically got lyrics by Thomas Jefferson or uh, yeah, Ghost right, yeah. Tom Joad. You've got lyrics by John Steinbeck. Um, both of those two, to me, extremely successful yeah. pieces of music. Uh, that's a kind of a fusion of, of those are lyricists you would not normally expect to hear. Uh, do, uh, is that uh, is that more difficult or less difficult to for for the people who are the new generation coming on to write the new generation of of the music. Um, any guidance for them? We have to get back to a, a an intellectual side. There has to be an intellectual side to all of the genres of music. You see a very intellectual side in in some ways um, when it comes to some uh, of the hip hop music. Um, mm-hmm. However, it, it, there's there's a, a great void, in my opinion, in in rock music, popular rock music, um, much less of a void in in the um, in, in metal music, in in the harder music, where when you cut through it and you really listen to these guys' lyrics, they're awake. They know what's happening in in, in the world. I think perhaps maybe just um, they're they're not offered um the the uh the opportunity to 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 talk about um some of these things great example is is dave mustaine um who you know dave mustaine is awake uh he knows he knows what's happening another great example is uh um uh uh randy from from lamb of god 
wide awake mm. and and, yes. and, is, and and is always writing about um you know you know the the, the world and, and and where it's gone and where it's going um so so again there i i really believe there needs to be an intellectual side of it especially from from the younger bands and the younger kids that are that are coming up all across the board whether you aspire to be a manager or an A&R person or a producer um, it's 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 very it's very important you go back thousands of years and and there's philosophers chinese philosophers that warn against um, you, you, the, the power of music, where it can corrupt the soul or, or it can save humanity. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, for me, I, you know, I, became, I guess looked at it as more of a, you know, I'm more of a geek or a nerd. Instead of going out and just doing whatever, I love to read books or watch documentaries or to just seek out answers to stuff. I'm an information hound. And that doesn't make me necessarily better or, 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 or worse than anybody. It's just, you know, what I what I like to do. But I but I also feel it's a responsibility as a as a writer, uh, somebody who composes, who is somebody who has the opportunity like I have now to, to speak and represent ideas and, and um as someone who younger people older people look up to and look to to emulate, um, it's important um to be able to to the best of my ability, uh, um, speak candidly uh, and, and in, in a way that's not dumbed down and, and have substance um, to my we, words and my, and my messages. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show, and I think that what I was struck by out of, I guess, your last, uh, last album, Vagabond, uh, it was a Kickstarter. Instead of yeah. having to be depending on the entire giant corporate record producing system. Yep. Um, you were crowdsourced. Uh, yes. Well, this has got to be good news for the new generation of musicians. Uh, you you do have more individualism, it would look to me like. If you can reach out for funding uh, from people that enjoy your music, any thoughts yep. there? Well, that goes back to the punk rock ethos of individualism and, and you know, DIY, do you know, and do it yourself. Uh, when when I um, began my my partnership with with Mark Stewart, we sat and, and met many 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 times to figure out our strategy and how we could work together and how we would, we could capitalize projects. Um, and he came up with the idea. Well, he, you know, he, he said, "Have you ever thought of Kickstarter or GoFundMe or some of these crowdsourcing sites?" And I wasn't. I didn't know too much about it, and so we uh, we did some research, and and we decided that that would be a a unique way um, to use that platform as a pre-sale mechanism, but also um, what Hydraulic Entertainment is and sets it apart from other companies is that everything that we do, we incorporate an experiential aspect to our projects, um, so that it gives the fans. Uh, a, a higher level of, of contact and, um, uh, 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 you know, it, 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 um, involve, right, in, 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 I'm low-key my guitar player sitting next to me, so involvement, involvement with, with <laughs> me and, and, and the band. Um, uh, and, and so when we do these projects, there's, 
you know, uh, uh, there's private shows where literally I, I've gone, I, I've done, you know, uh, uh, private shows where I just walk into your living room, I sit down with my acoustic guitar, and, and I, I, uh, I I play all these, I, I play a concert in your living room. I do uh, original artwork. Um, there's there's opportunities to be in videos and short movies that, that we make. Um, and so it's, we've been very successful at it. We've raised uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars over the past couple of years um, to capitalize these these, broad, um, these projects. Um, and so yeah, you know, for 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 um, for younger groups and for individuals, whether you're an artist or an inventor, um, it, it gives you that opportunity to reach out to people and to capitalize your your, your projects and your uh, uh, your products. Um, in a in a, a unique way. It, it would strike me that, like the technology of the internet has done, it gives people a lot more empowerment. Um, yeah, you have a lot more control over your music because the, they can't hold the funding over your head. The corporates can't control. Right. I, I guess the word we're we're dancing around the word control here. Yes. Uh, individual control as opposed to external authoritative. Um, yes. We've got uh, six minutes left. <laughs> what, in, in six minutes, sum it up. What, uh, you, you said you, you actually down to a private show where you come into somebody's living room. Well, that's yeah. almost a leap backwards in time and forwards in time. Uh, the bards, uh, the, the original singers, uh, Homer... The Odyssey was basically a song before it was a book. Um, do you any any thoughts on that in our last five minutes here? I, I go back to like I was saying before about you know my path and my purpose. I, I'm you know if if, if if I love what I do. I've been doing it a long time, over 20 years. I've I've achieved all of the things that I've I've really you know dreamt about achieving when I was when I was a younger man. Um, when I'm out on the road and you know and doing the things that I do, it it's a very very uncomfortable for me. I, I know that sounds weird, but it, it it's a really uncomfortable situation for me. And I, you know, I'm like George Washington. I just want to go to my farm and be left alone <laughs> and and listen to the wind blow. And so, you know, you know, like these private shows that I go to, you know, for example, I, I just played for a family out in Pennsylvania where uh, a couple of years ago I was playing for, for one of their family members who was, was suffering from cancer and, um, and at the end stages and I get to talk to these people and they tell me about how the music has affected them and, um, you know, and on and on. I, I, there's, there's story after story like that where I... I um, just have the most profound experiences, the human experiences, um, and contact with with people on the, uh, you know, on on the most wonderful human level, and and it's um, I, I would trade it for the world. It, there's no money or fame or stage in the world that can compare to when it's like that. When 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 I really can touch people and t- people touch me, and and it all is through this vehicle of of, of music and this. Cur- crazy, crazy career and, and life and experiences that I've had. 
Um, and, and, and that's what, that's what saves me because if I didn't have that, um, and it, I, I would, I would have walked away from this, you know, a, a, a long time ago. And, and, and I tried, I've tried walking away from this a whole bunch <laughs> of times. Um, and life, you know, God, whatever, I, I always find myself, you know, back, um, from once I came, so it's Three forced minutes. me. It's forced me to to really um, look inside myself and look out into the world and and you know um, really have that existential ponderance of of who am I and why and um and just you know just giving myself again like I said I'm a believer so just giving my myself and giving my life to God and saying all right. I, 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 the flesh is unwilling, but you know my spirit. My spirit is mighty and strong. Two minutes left. Look in your crystal ball. What kind of music are your daughters going to be listening to? Oh Lord, have mercy! My, uh, <laughs> if if I have a hand in it, they're going to be listening to listening to uh, to, to to good music, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, by John Steinbeck and Thomas Jefferson, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, what What is the education of of your daughters as a musician in that last minute? Uh, but my my oldest daughter just got a. Uh, I bought her a. Well, Santa Claus brought her a guitar for Christmas, a blue guitar like Daddy has, and and she loves to pick it up and and play with it. And her baby sister loves to sing and dance and. Uh, and the same with Olivia. They, they both they have it in them. They're they're very emotional and they're um, they're very sensitive and and they they're very very musical, artistic little creatures. <laughs> well, I, we're we're down to our last minute. Uh, last thought of music and politics. Occupy music and politics. Well, just like any other movement um, in, in that this nation has had music, uh, and again, especially because of its, um, its, its uniqueness and its energy and, and, and what it can do in its transformative properties, both good and bad, it's very, very important that we hold on to and keep that element of music in the, the, the protest movement, in the Occupy movement, um, in this awakening on both sides of the aisle um, that we're having. We're, we're really coming together. Uh, we, we really are. There's, it's happening in this country. There is a mass awakening, and, and, and we need to, and we will keep fighting um, for, that, for that new renaissance and that enlightenment that we're all working for, for, for our children, our children's children, and for this great country that we've all sacrificed for in, in, in many different ways. I, that's a, I can't think of any better way to end out this section. Um, it's been great talking to you. Looking forward to more music, another 20 years of good music. Um, thanks for standing, and we look forward to having you back on the show here shortly. Thank uh, you. Uh, thank you. Anytime, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to. I appreciate <laughs> the opportunity as well. Well, thanks, and... Uh, Say hello to the rest of the band for me and look forward to hearing from you guys again soon. Uh, oh, well, brother, thank you.
Take care. This is uh, uh, Voices, Episode 4, and thanks for being with us.